0: Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast, my name is Carlos. In this episode, we are going to be reviewing It and talking about some movie news. Enjoy the show.
1: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a Gangster.
0: So we are back for another episode of the Screen Screenfellas podcast, and it is yet another episode without Ozzy. Um, again, continue to keep him and everyone in Florida in your prayers, as um, they're just dealing with the hurricane right now. So Ozzy obviously cannot be here for this episode. But again, the good news is, I can have guests right now. So what we're, who we have joining us is a friend of mine from school who has his own radio show. Matt Fortunato, or your, as your on-air name is Mr. Fortune, how you doing?
1: Hey, how you doing, Carlos? Thanks for having me on. I'm a big, uh, big horror fan, so I'm excited to be talking about this movie today.
0: Yeah, what exactly do you talk about on like your radio show and stuff? So
1: like that? essentially, essentially, Tuesdays and Thursdays. There's a, um, actually Monday through Friday, there is a morning show at 90.9 the light in the bottom of florida moss called the get up and go show but there's different crews so there's a monday wednesday friday crew and i'm on the tuesday and thursday crew and essentially it's just kind of a morning entertainment kind of talk show and like mixed up with music so we have about like maybe an hour and a half of talking content and then like music in between so
0: awesome awesome yeah, so I'm definitely really excited to have you on. I've been kind of figuring trying to figure out when I can have you on like yeah. for a while. I'm like, I know I want to get mad on at some point. It's just <laughs> I got to find the right moment. And I think we found it.
1: The with, moment is here.
0: Yes, this this is the moment. It's it. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to talk about this movie. This is a movie that number one, I think the marketing team for this movie is absolutely genius because the theater was packed when we went out to go see this movie. People Absolutely. are
1: and I was actually super excited. I was really excited and like actually pleased to see that they like That they didn't go too far in the movie with that extended kind of cut that came out a few weeks ago. I think they, when we saw another movie the other day, we saw it in the theater Mm -hmm. when he was talking to him in the storm drain. But like that's been released for a little while, but it didn't give too much away, which I was happy about.
0: Yes, I am really excited. I was really excited to see this movie. And I think, again, they did a great job getting me excited to see this movie. So let's get right into it. Again, no spoilers. We're not going to be talking spoilers right now. But let's just start talking about this movie. And what did what were your overall thoughts on the movie?
1: I thought that it you know, it wasn't <laughs> it w- <laughs> wasn't um, you know, it that it was a good it was a good reflection of what they were trying to do in the first movie and they amped it up a little bit, which is I wasn't really expecting, but I wasn't upset about it. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, I don't know, some I guess you could say some of the cheesiness of the nineteen nineties like type horror. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they revamped it a little bit and I think made it, you know, it wasn't, horror back then wasn't all about jump scares. And, you know, not that this movie was, like, like just bombarded with jump scares, but, like, they used it, they used, I think there was maybe, like, one or two that were, like, that got the audience. Like, I, yeah. I, I personally wasn't scared of this mm-hmm. movie. I was going for the entertainment factor, and I think that they pulled that off pretty well. Like, I do miss Tim Curry, but, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah i overall i really like this movie i think it's a i think it's a good movie it's not a great movie
1: i agree with that
0: and i i think a lot of horror fans like hardcore horror fans are going to be disappointed that's to me that's inevitable it's because it's not it's not a movie that you go out for me at least and i'm i'm a pretty big horror fan i'm not like a hardcore, super hardcore horror fan, but I I like good horror.
1: Yeah, same.
0: And I came out of this, and I was like, I wasn't necessarily scared, but there's no denying it's a good movie. It is a good movie.
1: Yeah, it's still a good movie. Like, I wasn't, like, I was a little creeped out, you know, because it's clown eating people's faces, (laughs) but, like, you know, and not really a spoiler if you've seen the first one, because that's essentially the same storyline but the fact is that they that they did a good job of like just enough creeping people out uh-huh. i think one thing that we talked about on the uh, on the get up and go show back on tuesday was these a couple girls were trying to prank their friend up in pennsylvania and were tying a bunch of red balloons <laughs> to various sewer grates up in yeah. La Tits, pennsylvania and uh, the authorities were not uh, were not too happy about that. <laughs> they were, uh, you know, they were they were given a stern talking to at yeah. the very least. I um, think
0: that speaks to like the cultural impact that this movie is having. Yeah, yeah. But all right, let's start positive. What are some of your biggest positives for this movie?
1: Okay, so I think the way that they like approached kind of telling the story, like I really I really liked how they kind of, like, dipped into, like, each character in the beginning and trying to, like, give us a sense of who each character was Mm -hmm. one by one and then kind of, like, bringing them together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can't remember exactly how they did that in the first movie, but I thought that they did it, that they pulled off that, like, kind of exposition really well.
0: Yes. The characters, to kind of branch off of that, the characters are the strongest point in this movie, in my Mm. opinion. Yeah. Especially... The core group of guys. I think there are some side characters that they introduce that they aren't fully developed, which we'll get to that once we start talking a little bit more negative. But for right now, the core group of kids, I mean, they're just a bunch of kids that number one, you could be like, I could hang out with these kids. They're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then number two, I think this is a very well-written movie in the in the sense that and this is the same thing, a very similar thing that I said about Stranger Things. Yeah. They, they felt like Kid, actual kids. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't adults writing as or adults writing for kids. It's almost like that. This is how kids talk. Like kids are stupid. They say stupid things.
1: Yeah, I like I like that aspect of yeah. it where it was like still kind of like even though all these kids are struggling with something mm-hmm. like specific, they all kind of like melded and blended together in that kind of way and we just felt comfort in each other and we're like hanging out and being. Stupid mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I thought it was also f- kind of fun to see. I forgot the actor. Do you know the actor's name who played Richie Tozer, the guy from Stranger Things? Um,
0: no. I'm trying to. I'll, I'll pull it up in a but second.
1: But like, it was it was good to – I I think it was it was really fun to see him let loose a little bit, especially because the only other thing I've seen him in is Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and like of how like reserved and like cautious his character was. And, you know, there is kind of, like, that whole thing between him and Eleven, yes or no, yeah. kind of a thing. But, like, he kind of, he kind of, like, let loose with the character, I think, a little bit. And was, you know, it mm-hmm. was, it was, it was nice to see him take on a different role than what I've seen him in before. Yeah. I
0: am looking, I don't know which one he is, but... Um... It's
1: the one that looks like um, the wife in The Shining.
0: <laughs> uh, is it, this kid Finn... Wolford? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. I, I will agree with that as well. Now, there's a kid who... He plays Henry, I think, in Book of Henry. Uh, what's his name? It's Bill, right? Yeah. This, okay. this kid. I want okay. to say, number one, he... I'm not going to go back on my statements about him in book of henry i don't think he was very good in book of henry and that's not a good movie okay but i will say this he is good at this movie so <laughs> i'm not going to go as far as to say like i did in the book of henry review that he's a bad actor because man that I, he was bad in that movie
1: okay but in this it, movie but i'll take your word for it but i respect this,
0: you <laughs> in this movie he was really good and i actually thought he had some moment and that goes for everybody throughout i think the yeah. cast is really good and the kids themselves are really good so, yeah, I I did enjoy their performances throughout and even the the girl, I think she was pretty good as well. Oh,
1: I think she was phenomenal. Yes. I think she was, you know, especially with what they with what they did, not trying to give everything yeah. away, but like with what they did with the storyline and her character, mm-hmm. I honestly think she was she played a better Bev than the original one then. She had um... Annette, yeah. Annette Tool's younger yeah. younger version.
0: She had a lot of very difficult material to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And she did some good stuff with she it. She
1: did phenomenal yes. with that.
0: Now, let's talk about the horror kind of scariness aspect of it because I think what we would both say is that this movie is a lot of fun like oh, we absolutely. laughed a lot in this movie oh yeah <laughs> it's a pretty fun funny movie like just because these kids are fun mm-hmm. but this is a horror movie so for a lot of people and this is where I'm getting into the aspect of like horror, hardcore horror fans being disappointed yeah for a lot of people they're going to come out of this and go was it a it's a horror movie so was I scared and that's where they're going to kind of judge this movie that's
1: where they're going to start yeah. yes
0: and I get it. I think that is completely understandable why you would start there. I don't think that's necessarily what you should do, but I understand why people do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Ozzy, my my part, or my partner in crime on this show does a very similar thing when it comes to comedy. He goes, "Is it's a comedy, so did I laugh." And that's how he starts judging the movie.
1: In, in and that's some, not how in some, I do it. In but some I get aspects it. it is understandable, yes. especially if it if you go into it looking for a specific thing. Exactly. I guess like maybe you could say that that's kind of a bias exactly. at some point, but like you're going to the movies to see a movie for a particular reason. Exactly,
0: So that that's why I get it. So on that aspect, what did you think of the horror kind of elements of this movie, the scariness of it?
1: I thought that, um, you know, like to be honest with like the whole like creepiness of like... the. I don't know if they necessarily tried to do it with like the music and stuff in this movie. I didn't really have too much of that, but I thought... Like, as compared to the original, you know, they didn't do too much with the... Because um, I really um, harp on the uh, the off-key kind of, like, circus music mm-hmm. as adds to the creepiness for the first one back mm-hmm. in 1990. But And that's what scared me as a kid. I remember, like, going... Micah, you're from Florida... All my cousins live in Florida and we went down one summer and that like all me and all my cousins like sat in the living room one night and watched, and got the crap scared out of us watching this movie. I didn't really get that. Maybe it's because I'm older. I didn't really get that in this movie. Mm -hmm. I thought, like I said before, the, there was like one or two jump scares that I was like, oh crap. Like that was, you know, that, that was, that kind of got me and then like a lot of other people in the, but I didn't really... I don't really have that yes. throughout throughout the movie.
0: This is... I I, I think there's going to be... Uh, like I said, the hardcore horror fans are going to be disappointed. This is a... There's some very well-executed horror se- sequences in oh, this movie. yeah. Like, very well-executed that I'm like, all right, that is a great horror scene. But I think that there are some... They, okay, they do use jump scares. I think they use them pretty effectively. It's not like... Um, yeah,
1: it's not overwhelming. Yes,
0: it's not like most contemporary horror movies where it's jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, the entire movie, which yeah. drives me insane. Yeah. But,
1: I've seen... Uh, and I've seen ones like that, and yeah. I'm just like, make a film.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, like it's not even a movie at that yeah. point. It's just... Okay. Um, But anyway, yeah, this... This movie is not that. And that's why... I See, I think that there's going to be some pushback on this movie. I think uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of people who are going to like it for obvious reasons. For deserved reasons. Like, this movie deserves to be liked. It deserves to get the praise that it has been getting thus far. Mm-hmm. But there is going to be some pushback. Because it kind of doesn't fit into either one of those... Things. It doesn't fit in the hardcore jo- horror film yeah. fan. And uh-huh. then it doesn't fit into like the teenagers who go to see these stupid horror movies all the time fans
1: yeah so but
0: it's interesting some
1: people are going to be unhappy i think on each side
0: yes but again if you just look at some of these scenes i think we should have gotten more Pennywise, which we'll get to again but when we got him i think it really worked did you like him as a character in this
1: yeah i did i um you know like i said and kind of name dropped uh, tim curry before because he's one of my favorite like kind of like character, like, characters mm-hmm. in in a horror movie, but I think that the guy who played him, the name's just giving me, but he did a great job. I don't think it was, like, too, I don't think it was too overboard with, you know, they, they kind of steered away from the original and the fact that, like, you didn't use too, too much, like, creepy comedy Mm -hmm. and i look look back on that one now i saw it like maybe two months ago and i was like that's hilarious (laughs) like what like the jokes he makes and stuff like that there were there were a couple things that i liked about the way that they presented his character and the transformations and stuff like that that like really like got me and i was like that's that's really good the way that they made that and like when he's opening his mouth and stuff mm-hmm. like that and you see the teeth all the way down and it's there were there were cinematic aspects of that that I was like yeah. wow that's a great job
0: yeah and they did a great job CGI wise and then obviously the pro, the makeup that they used on him was very <laughs> creepy and he gives a great performance as well I don't think it's anything like revolutionary that we're gonna come away and be like remember that iconic horror performance in the- yeah. no it's not that it, it's a good performance though Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about the story structure, and that this will kind of transition us into negatives, but I'm going to start positive. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I like how the kids ultimately, like, start to figure out what it is and what its goal is and what he craves and what he needs, right? I like how that is kind of unraveled. It kind of turns into a mystery kind of movie at a certain point Uh where they're trying to put, they're putting all these pieces together and going, this is happening every 27 years, blah, blah, blah. This is, he's taking these kids and why he's taking them and they start to put things together. I like that aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And I like the moment Again, where they all kind of come together and realize what's going on without trying to spoil anything. Yeah. Now, I wasn't a fan. I get why they did it and I get the purpose of it and this is how it's written. So you have to do it that way in the book or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of when, of these horror villains, when we have, when, when it's kind of like they're doing a mental thing and they're like, they're portraying your worst fear, right? Yeah. Because it makes the first part of the movie when we don't know what's going on, and I very much felt this in the movie, feel very disjointed. Where I'm like, what is, like, okay, so there's like this zombie person attacking this kid. And then this yeah, random Yeah, you, you feel a little
1: jumbled all over the just, place yeah. when it's all different. And now, we
0: ultimately, we get a...
1: There's we, a payoff. We,
0: yes, we, un- we ultimately come to understand what's going on. But I still felt disjointed for the first act of this movie where I'm just like, whoa, like, why is this happening to this kid? But then this is happening to this kid. And and again, I don't necessarily fault them completely because you have to, like, that's what it is, you know?
1: Yeah, but I also think that like the the way that they the way like I was saying before, the way that they kind of delved into each character's story mm-hmm. by doing that, I think really attributed to like the development obviously of the characters in the first act and then you finally like come to a point where like you think this one kid is fearless and like you know he he turns out to be just like everybody else um so that kind of like has everything culminate of like all right they're they're unified as a group now Mm -hmm. but i get what you're saying where like it can be just a little jumbled up and scrambled yes. at the beginning where you're not really sure where they're going because there's so many different, mm-hmm. there's so many different like deep thoughts that they're like throwing at you in the, in the beginning Yeah, that they're so, that they're so far apart from mm-hmm. each other where you're not exactly. sure exactly where it's going.
0: Again, it's not a super big negative just because I get why it- it needs to happen like that yeah. for this story in particular. Mm-hmm. Now there is one moment in in particular in the story that I literally think makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> but I don't want to go into it too much in depth. We'll talk I don't about want to spoil it after. It. But basically, <laughs> the kids go and they do something, and they literally have zero plan whatsoever. They uh-huh. have absolutely no idea what they're do- going into and what they're gonna do when they get into this place. Yeah, and you're just like. What? And of course, like, they end up, like, finding things out when they're in there. So it becomes important, but you're just like... You did not know you were going to find anything out when you in there. Yeah. Like, you just, you were basically just saying, I'm going to walk in here. And that's it. And it's just like, what? The, uh, uh,
1: well, the kids, they, I know, but g- still. Give them a little leeway. No,
0: and I'm not one to pick up the plot like that. I, yeah. I don't like cinema sins because they do this. Yeah. i said that on this podcast before. I'm not a huge fan of CinemaSins.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But that one, it just was like, wait, what's the plan? Like, <laughs> I just, what, what are you actually trying to Did we talk console? about this
1: beforehand? No, not at
0: all. <laughs> they were just like, all right. And it's like,
1: <laughs> but, this is what we're doing.
0: Yeah. So now let's. I want to talk about some of these side characters. Number one, most of the parents are completely underdeveloped. Uh-huh. <laughs> most of the adults oh, yeah. in this movie are just like, we are one-dimensional, this is what we are, and that's it. They're, now for they're some honestly of them it like works.
1: placeholders. Yes. Like...
0: For some of them it works because one of them in particular is basically just pure evil, where you're just like you are here to make us understand why this character is the way they are. Yeah, that—that's your purpose here, and I get that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The main character, uh, Bill's parents, are y- you only see his dad once, and it is literally—it's—it's it's not a very good performance in that one scene. No, I did not like, like. I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, this is not good." <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, I was like, "What the heck?" But. And he, he's literally just there, and that's it. He, uh-huh. he appears in that scene, and that's it. So he's underdeveloped. There's some other parents that are underdeveloped that you're just like, you're really just here to be here. And then we gained some kids into this group along the way that I don't feel actually, like, <laughs> I, I didn't get attached to them at all. Okay. The what's I, I'm going to pull up the actor's name, but the, the black kid, My, is his Michael? Mike? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a the character's character name. name. He... Uh, yes, it was Mike Hanson. I... I didn't care about him. I'm sorry. He just kind yeah. of... He shows up about, what, a third away through this movie, maybe halfway through this movie. I mean, he appears early in the movie, but he doesn't join the rest of them until yeah. we get I
1: did kind here. of appreciate, though, how they... Like, they didn't... It's not like like what we were talking about before where it was a little, like, disjointed at the yeah. beginning. Um, it's not like they left anything out. So, I'm glad about that. So, like... Yeah. I think he was one of the first ones that, like, was, like, visually... like yes. th- Like, the clown was, like, messing with him. Yeah. And we don't get the explanation until later. Yeah. Which I wasn't, like, too... Like, it was a good payoff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a good yeah. character moment, I thought. Yeah. But... Throughout, I just didn't like. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I am, I am kind of like pleased that they didn't draw like race into it, even That's though there was true. a kind of like there, underlying there theme were, yes, there.
0: Yes, there was a little bit of tension there. I liked Finn's character; he's the one with the glasses, right? Yeah. Yes, and then Beverly, we obviously liked. Bill was a good character. Yeah, I att- I was attached to him. Eddie was a good character. Oh, Eddie was a great character. He was really funny. He was probably was, Eddie's the funniest. The, one.
1: Eddie's the uh, the she, shortest the one, right? The really short one. Yeah, he, he reminded again, me.
0: His he, mom, completely underdeveloped. Yeah. She's literally just there to be there, but yeah. I I get it. He yeah,
1: kind of reminded yeah. me of um like a miniature version of Fez from that 70s show <laughs> a little bit, and I, I, I was like, that. all right, yeah. okay.
0: Now, beyond that, that's where I start to get... I they're just kind of characters who are occupying space in this movie. Mm-hmm. Stanley is the kid who I guess his most defining trait is that he's Jewish. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: I'm sorry if that's your the most defining trait about you. That's probably not doesn't speak very well for your depth as a character yeah. <laughs> um, he's jewish and he was afraid of a painting that's all yeah. i can think and of
1: we, we never really get an explanation why no and, and
0: he he's the least
1: there's no depth there and he's and he
0: one was... of the core characters in the group and I oh was like, yeah. he is the least developed of any of this core group mm-hmm. then we get into the older kids and they're kind of classic bullies, and this movie is very 80s in that sense, where yeah. you have your kind of character archetypes and we're just going to do that.
1: I got that feeling yes.
0: too, yeah. and it's very much and I, again, that's, it's a throwback 80s type movie, so you I I understand, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily, like, that wasn't... It doesn't excuse yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't good when they did it in the 80s, and just because <laughs> you're doing it to throw back to the 80s doesn't make it good now.
1: <laughs> sometimes nostalgia works, yeah. sometimes it just falls flat. But,
0: I mean, some of the bullies, you know, I mean, again, they have their purpose, and they fill that purpose. Now, there's one bully that they try to add some depth to, but it just comes across as, this kid's a psychopath.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and, did just, it, and it did kind of, like, especially with the... Um, Like the the scene that they had it in, like felt like a little forced. But like I get the way that they had they had to do it that way, because they weren't. It wasn't really. Maybe it wasn't the original plans to have more scenes of like explaining why he's this way. But Mm -hmm. like I think I think at least with the time that they took in in order to like introduce that part of his life, Mm -hmm. I think I don't think it was like too i think it fit just right honestly because of like who his father is and stuff like that you know we don't really get too too much and Mm -hmm. we see again like we see the father of him like maybe in three scenes yeah like you know like the other ones and serves no purpose except like because he's a cop
0: yeah that's basically yeah (laughs) you're just like all right um so, I mean, those are my, basically my biggest negatives is some of these side characters and then some of the way the story is structured at the beginning. I just, that those are basically my biggest negatives. Do you have anything else that you can think of off the top of your head?
1: I, you know, I think they, I think, like I said, I think they did, a, like, a good job. I think they revamped, like, the cheesiness with, like, creepy animation, mm-hmm. like, that at least has advanced from then, but... I think, like, I just kind of go along with what you're saying where there's, like, not really – there's no – it's, like, a piece where, like, it's, like, you're listening to it and you're, like, it's missing something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't quite – like, I I liked the – I liked the way that they kind of, like, gave at least, like, one strong detail about, like, the characters that they wanted to make a point about. Yes. But, you know, like, like like you were saying, like, there wasn't really enough there for – all of them yeah especially the parents like we got a lot more of that mm-hmm. in the in the original mm-hmm. most likely a lot more in the book it's like over a thousand pages or something I'm not, i i want to read it but then like i saw it in the bookstore the other day and i was like uh, <laughs> do i really want to read it if i read i'm sure i'd read it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> true oh. <laughs> True. We but, like li- yeah. we're audio majors. We like listening to things. Yes. We're not like just get an audio book. Maybe. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> I've tried it before. We'll do it. I'll listen. i listen to it with you. All right. Fair <laughs> so yeah. I
0: again. I think that uh, we'll kind of wrap it up with our final thoughts, and then we can rate it. I think where this movie succeeds is its tone and its characters, and just the overall direction of the movie. I think it's a pretty well directed movie. Oh uh, yeah. So do I. I think. That where it struggles is a little bit of the writing. Some of the side characters are not fleshed out enough. And some of the story early on is a little bit disjointed. Mm -hmm. And there probably should have been... I mean, I I don't want to hold this against the movie because it's just... I want to judge it as a movie. But at the same time, it's a horror movie. Yeah. (laughs) You probably should have written in a few more horror movies. Horrific scenes. Yeah. Now there are there's some pretty disturbing imagery, and I think that's where they were kind of leaning more towards. It's the disturbing imagery type of yeah side of things. Mm -hmm. I just think that we could like
1: like some of the some of the stuff in the original they didn't want to like touch with a ten foot pole. Like there were underlying things in this film that they really like. They like gave a gave a connotation to where like you got like the feeling yeah. of like what was going on, mm-hmm. but I get what you're saying where like it's not it wasn't a creepy factor. Yeah,
0: I would have pref- I would have liked them to write a little bit a few more horror scenes into this movie. Yeah, and again that could be I mean ultimately it's their own fault that I want that because they gave me some good horror scenes where I'm like. Oh man, I want more of that in this movie. Yeah. And then that was it. And I'm just like, okay, that was really good, but I needed a little bit more. of <laughs> So, do
1: you think there's yeah. maybe? Have you heard anything about like an extended cut that there was? Like maybe. did he, like did they? Um, I don't know. They chopped it down. Like because I know like a couple movies in the past, like not horror specifically, yeah. but like I've heard of movies in the past that are like were supposed to be ideally four hours and it mm-hmm. was chopped down to like two and a half, like this one was. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is kind of an extended cut. Mm -hmm. We will see. All right, what about you? You got final thoughts?
1: I, um, you know, I thought, like, I agree for the most part that it was, you know, it was an overall good movie. Mm -hmm. wasn't great. You know, I'd probably, you know, I'm not, it's, it's not a thing where I wasn't, I have the perk of having a best friend back (laughs) home that's an assistant supervisor Mm -hmm. at a movie theater. So I've been watching movies for free (laughs) all summer. So... You know, it wasn't a thing where I was completely, like, upset that I paid to see this movie. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to anyway. But I think there were a couple things where they could have had a bigger payoff. I'd still... But I'd still give it... I don't know if I'd give it quite an 8 out of 10. I'd probably give it a 7.5.
0: Okay. You're around the same area as I am. I am at about a 7.7, I think. Okay. It's a good movie. I think it is a good movie. And I think...
1: It's not like it's not worth seeing. Especially if you, like... Kind of like this, John. Like honestly, like I talk to people and they're like, "Oh, I'm not the biggest horror fan. Like I get scared too you easily." See this movie? Yeah, just see. It's it's not it's not overwhelming.
0: I laughed more than I was scared in this movie. Yeah, again, I, for a lot of people, I could completely understand them hearing that and going, "That's not a good sign." And I yeah. get that,
1: mm-hmm. but. But it's As not movie, it doesn't it take away gonna, it yeah. doesn't take away from this movie yeah. like, th- with that fact. No,
0: yeah, it's not like it was like they were trying to scare me and it and I laughed. No, they were trying to make me laugh at that moment. Yeah, it's so, not like
1: you're watching a 1950s like science fiction movie yeah, and like exactly. you see the strings and stuff like that with the puppets. Yeah. So
0: I, I have a feeling that this this could go one of two ways where there could be some pushback against this movie, which I can totally see. But then this this movie could also, people could just completely, like, buy into this hype and be like, oh my gosh, it was amazing, best horror movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I could be, like, it could be another situation where one of my most common sayings is, is it good? Yes. Is it overrated? Yes. Both things can be true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I thought, like, I thought, like, especially if people were to say that, yeah. I thought... As far as scary goes, especially the first time I saw it, Annabelle Creation was yes. far better in that category, at you least. You
0: beat me to it. I was def- <laughs> yes, that is, I think, we're Annabelle a big, Creation. We're
1: big fans of the Conjuring universe, yes. I know.
0: I, I yeah. haven't seen the first Annabelle.
1: And uh, Annabelle Creation. It's like creation, a rite of passage at this point. I probably should
0: see it, just to... <laughs> because I probably need Jam- to.
1: My, our friend James uh, told a, told me yeah. that the other night. He was like, I kind of just want to see it to like be a part of that crowd that was like, oh, this movie sucked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, look, it is good, but Animal Creation is better. So yes. if you are like looking for what's the best horror movie so far this year, it's probably Animal if, Creation.
1: Yeah, if you're looking specifically for horror, which not many people are, but... yeah.
0: Yeah. But, all right, well, before we kind of move on, let's talk a little bit about the cultural phenomenon that is this movie. I haven't looked at the box office numbers yet, but, I mean, judging by, the, I mean, this movie was sold out last night. Yeah. I had some people that were trying to see this movie, and they were a little late, couldn't get into the movie. There were, were sold like, out.
1: there was, I think, one of the last, like, groups of people that came in had to split up because there yeah. weren't that many seats. Yeah. A couple, like, three of them sat with us, and, like, three of them sat way in front. Yeah. The only time I've ever, like sat way in front and, like, wasn't, like, too completely, like, unhappy about it was when I saw Godzilla in IMAX, (laughs) and I was sitting in the front row, and it just made it, like, that experience, like, even more, like, awe-inspiring, like, because, like, he looked huge, and then I see it now, and I'm like, well, that doesn't look like the way I saw it. Oh, my gosh.
0: We are, okay, pull back the curtain. I'm not sure when this episode's going to go up, but we're recording on a Saturday morning, uh-huh. This movie made $51 million just last night.
1: Just last night? The what Friday
0: about... estimates are $51 million. And that's not wow. including the Thursday that's not, previews. That's
1: not Thursday, and that's the weekend's not over. Tonight's another big movie night as well. The, this movie is going to make so much, much yeah.
0: money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? So I guess that leads us into this conversation here. This... Why do you think that this movie... Obviously, we touched on it at the top. The marketing, I think, was excellent for this movie. They did a great job building the hype for this movie. But I don't think that 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 can't be just it. My theory is that it's Stranger Things. I don't think this movie movie is as successful if Stranger Things wasn't as...
1: Was he the only one? Because I feel like... I don't know. You were looking at... Let me see if I can pull it up because... I feel like there was another, like the another other one kid. Of the actors? Yeah, the other kid we were talking about. I feel like maybe. played played Will. Oh, maybe. but I'm not sure. Mm, I'm, maybe um, I don't know because I know I know Richie. Yeah. the guy who played Richie was for sure yes. Mike in yes. Stranger Things. So
0: see my, I, I really think that, that that it adds to. It. I don't think that's the sole reason. I, like I said, I think. The marketing, the Stephen King factor, there's a lot of factors that played into this kind of perfect storm for this movie, but oh. I think Stranger Things is definitely a contributing factor. Um, I, this, this is crazy. I mean, when was the last time we saw a horror movie make this much money on opening weekend? I, I mean, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, w- maybe one of the Who was the kid we movies? were
1: saying? Who was the kid we were saying? Which one? Honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> None of these kids were in Stranger Things, okay. though, except, like I can yeah. tell. Man, I,
0: this, I'm just complete again, I was, when I saw, when I walked, because I got there a little late, you guys actually saved me a seat. Yeah. When I walked in. We saved a lot of seats. Yes. When I walked in, I was like, I cannot believe that number one, there was a line for this movie. Like there's this
1: many people. And number
0: two, that I'm going to be sitting like person to, like person to person. Yeah. In a horror movie. When was the last time? I don't know that the last time I that's happened for I me.
1: Think, I think with me was... Um, like, because when I got back to Lynchburg, I saw Annabelle with you, yeah. Animal Creation. Um, there were a lot of people in that movie yeah. when I saw it the first time. I okay. think um, the last time was Conjuring 2. Yeah. Because they were, everybody was hyped for this, like... You know, sequel to like one of the one of the best horror movies of our generation, yeah. and there were a lot of people like excited about that. So, but, but I, I specifically remember like being elbow to elbow with people during that movie.
0: Mm-hmm. This is okay. There's a lot of people talking about how this is going to impact this genre and movies going forward, mm-hmm. because this is a I mean for a horror movie, this is a bigger budget horror movie generally horror movies are made for a very low budget and then they make like 10 to 20 to 30 maybe million dollars opening weekend and that's it. They're, yeah. they're never seen in the top five again. <laughs> that's basically S-
1: still it. my favorite horror movie ever is when I like I grew up watching horror movies mm-hmm. just because like my parents weren't really like they were just like all right just get it out of your system now and it's just mm-hmm. like but I became like not obsessed with it, but yeah. like it was became my favorite genre. But still, my favorite horror movie is the original Halloween, and mm-hmm. that's another example that where they they like they made a crap ton of money, like multiplied from where their budget was because yeah. that was a super super low budget yeah. movie, and it made like upwards of like like you were saying like uh, fifty million dollars yeah. or more.
0: Yeah, and it, and
1: for nineteen seventy eight, yeah. that's phenomenal.
0: Exactly, I this movie, I. I think it could signal where we might start getting some of these bigger budget horror type movies again. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we haven't had that in a while. Again, the formula, because of Blumhouse, which is not necessarily a bad thing because Blumhouse is a very good company. They put out some good stuff.
1: That's why I'm excited to kind of see what they, because I've heard things of where they're really kind of rebooting yeah. Halloween. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what Blumhouse does with it, because yeah. the ones by Rob Zombie were awful. Yeah but that's Blumhouse's formula
0: is uh-huh. make these movies for cheap, make your money on your opening weekend or so and then that's it. Yeah. That's that's their model and it's a good it makes sense. It's a very good business model. Mm-hmm. They've made a lot of money with that model. Yeah. But now we're seeing this movie that's made for what, $35 million or so and it's going to be making a lot of money this weekend and probably continuing going forward. Uh-huh. So do you think that this could signal the return of some of these maybe more? I don't want to say big budget because they're not big as in comparison to a lot of the bigger budget movies like yeah. the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. But these more these bigger budget mo- horror movies.
1: I think that it definitely like breaks the ice for mm-hmm. that kind of for that kind of direction. But I think uh, production teams and uh, people that throw money into these things need to be cautious because. Yes. A lot of these, especially the way that the horror movies are made now, if you're not like James James Wan is a good example, I think. When they brought him off, of, like like the first two Saws, I really enjoyed because I think he's the one that produced them and okay. or and or directed them. But then you know, I really liked uh, Insidious and The Conjuring better. Obviously, but yeah. but I think that you know you have to you have to put your your money where the where the good and product and good talent is yeah. because and you have to be selective with that because um a lot of like I feel like it's a roll to di- roll the dice with this kind of thing because the horror movies are not guaranteed to always make a lot of money no. because people are like they see oh like they see something in the trailer and like oh I'm not going to see that like people were like this year with the whole um clown thing last year I think that's why I think that's why because it died down and nobody's really thinking about it. So I think that's why this was kind of like mm-hmm. a good release for this movie. Because this is kind of like right around the time that that was happening last year. Yeah. And if it had come out in the spring or if it was any earlier, I think it would have not made as much. Maybe, yeah. One
0: thing I am afraid of that this movie is going to do is that basically Hollywood's going to go, Oh wow, Uh Stephen King movie remakes are the way to go now. Oh, and yeah. we're just going, that's all it's going to be. And it's just going to be like, okay, we're going to remake every old Stephen King <laughs> God help
1: us if they remake Langoliers. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I. That's what I'm afraid of. And I think that there's a couple of different ways this can go. I'm hoping that it goes in the diversifying the horror genre way. Mm. <laughs> but who knows? It could just end up being that we have a bunch of Stephen King remakes and it's like, the next generation of freaking pet cemetery or something.
1: Like that. The thing that I think could be could be good though. I don't know if you've seen The Stand, mm-hmm. but The no. Stand is probably it's another. It's more of like a miniseries like type thing that came out like right around the time actually mm-hmm. that the that it came out. This was a miniseries on TV. Mick Garris directed it. It's a it's a Stephen King book. Yeah. So. um... That is one that I wouldn't mind if they remade, if they take kind of like a darker Mm -hmm. turn to it, because, you know, it's about... Good and evil. Yeah. God versus the devil. Yeah, there's so definitely like,
0: some things that are ripe for remakes.
1: Yeah. So, but it, like, you're right. But, like, Pet Cemetery or, like, Christine? <laughs> <Yeah>. No thanks.
0: <laughs> I, I can... I, I'm just, like, I can totally see all this happening. Like, where they're just like, we're going to remake every Stephen King adaptation. It's like,
1: why? Oh, hey, so, this made money. Let's try ex- this.
0: Exactly. And I think... We were already we're already kind of go heading towards that direction because if you notice, you look around. There's a lot of Stephen King adaptations. I mean, that's always going to be the case because he's one of the most prolific writer, American yeah. writers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look around. I mean, Dark Tower just came out recently. There's a couple of TV shows that are Stephen King adaptations. It's just he's. We're in a bit of a Stephen King moment in time right
1: now. Yeah, it's like a reboot. So of like to have King.
0: something that's like it—that's one of his more most popular properties—kind of have this huge resurgence where it's going to make a lot of money. It's clearly this. Is, we're going to go in this direction.
2: <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I just I just hope they don't go overboard with yeah, it. Same. Is is my thing.
0: All right. Well, I think that wraps up our it discussion. We will be sending it over to me and Jesse, I believe we're going to be talking about some movie news and some of the stuff crazy stuff that's been going on recently awesome. but Matt, thank you for joining us for this part Absolutely. of the episode.
1: thank you Carlos for having me on screen fellas, it's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, alright, well hopefully we can try to get you back at some point, I will definitely be looking for the next opportunity for that thanks for joining us and we will see you in a second, stay tuned Talking about some movie news, mostly Star Wars stuff, because I do have, as I mentioned before, Jesse joining
2: me. Jesse, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be back. Uh, No, nobody's heard from me in a while, so that's get a little little change up there.
0: Well, we will be hearing from you pretty soon. Once on the YouTube channel, a lot.
2: Yes, Are I it? have. Lo- I lost my subscription to Adobe video editing software, so had to scramble to come up with something and finish up several videos that I'm working on now. But between that and homework, there will be some uh, several videos coming out leading up to the Last Jedi. So that is
0: good to hear. All right, well, before we fully move into the Star Wars things that we do need to talk about, one thing in particular, I do want to first of all mention another, because we're going to talk about, obviously, the episode nine director thing. That's what we're going to talk most about. But there is another director situation that I found fascinating that I just want to talk about. And you haven't actually seen the movie, but I'm curious if you have any input at this at all. If not, I'll just talk about it because I want to talk about it. All right. Suicide Squad, they announced the director, I believe it's his last name, I know his first name's Gavin, it's Gavin O'Connor, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he directed The Accountant and Warrior, is what he's most well known for, I, I'm not super, anything. basically anything attached to Suicide Squad, I'm not in on. I, I just... I can't. Suicide has got hurt me too much for me to care. Even though I actually do like Gavin O'Connor as a director. I mean, Warrior... Um, I believe I talked about it recently on the podcast. It's one of the most underrated movies in the past 10 years, like, at all. It, it's so good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with it. But at the same time, it's like... Hey, you hurt me once. I'm not going to trust you again, Suicide Squad. Uh, you've never seen Suicide Squad, correct?
2: Uh, correct, correct. I I wanted to, and then I almost <laughs> immediately didn't want to. I don't remember why I never saw it, but I know why I still haven't seen it. Yeah,
0: probably haven't. I mean, the reviews didn't help with people on the fence, so...
2: Yeah, yeah. When, when did that come out? Like Ooh, a year ago. A, a, a little year... over a year ago. Okay, so... I don't know. I'm, I may have still been out of the country at that point. Maybe. I'm, not, I'm not sure, but anyway. Yeah, that that movie really broke my heart. <laughs> so, I,
0: I don't know. any Like I said, anything really attached to Suicide Squad or having to do with it, I'm just kind of down on. I mean, the exceptions would probably be like Margot Robbie and, you know, Will Smith, obviously, because they're talented actors and things like that. And I'm like, always, and it's not as much, I don't blame the movie on them, but the director... Look, I'm not looking forward to Bright. You saw the trailer for Bright, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. What did
0: you think of that? Because um, that's the I director re- who did the first Suicide
2: Squad. You were in the room when I uh, watched the first trailer, mm-hmm. or watched the trailer for the first time, and uh, I'm initially I was like, "Oh, Will Smith, L.A. Fairy, huh? Okay, cool." But then I don't know. I just I lost interest very quickly because at first I thought it was going to be some kind of like buddy cop series mm-hmm. that we were going to have on Netflix. But then when I found out it was a movie, I was like, eh, no, <laughs> no, I just, I just lost interest. I can't really explain why that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not very good at articulating that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it just didn't sit well with me. All right.
0: Yeah. I, like I said, it's, it looked, I can well, after I first saw the trailer, I believe they released it at Comic-Con for Bright, the Netflix, it's a Netflix movie by the way. I can't remember when that's coming out. It's soon-ish, I think. Yeah,
2: I think it's within the next month, at least. Yeah.
0: So, when they first released that trailer at Comic-Con, I watched it, and I couldn't, like, decide if I didn't like it because I just didn't like it, or if I didn't like it because I knew it was David Ayer. <laughs> so, I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this. But anyway, let's start talking this big Star Wars news. And there, there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. There's the... Colin Trevorrow it was never the best choice, and with Book of Henry getting as poorly received as it was, he it was a good thing that he got moved off the project. Or you can look at it as Star Wars can't keep a hold of a director because they have lost now um, this—I mean, recently they lost, obviously— the directors, the two co-directors for the Han Solo movie and, mm-hmm. and uh, Lloyd Miller. But now they move on from this director. So is it a problem with Kathleen Kennedy having too much power? Those kind of things. How, how do you read this situation, Jesse?
2: Okay. The, I I think this is kind of com- very complex, obviously. Yes. I mean, no, nobody's denying that. Um <clears throat> I was sad to hear about the co-directors for Han Solo going. I don't know much about them. I don't know directors and stuff like that nearly as much as you do. Uh, Lego but, movie and uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Okay. Yeah. And so these are these are comedy directors. Yes. Obviously. And I I, I kind of come to came to know that a little while this was going on. Uh, as this was being revealed, I started looking up stuff. But um, I don't know names like you do when they come out. Uh but anyway, it's it's sad to hear them have to be cut that late in production, for yes. sure, and that makes me very worried for that movie, just because there's like several actors haven't been able to make it back to reshoots, uh, so their characters are being cut from the film. Uh, and, it's messy, man. Yeah, very messy. So I'm nervous about that, but at the same time, I respect Lucasfilm for wanting to. Hold on to their vision. They have a vision. They want. They know where they want all of this to go. Now with these anthology movies, eh, those are a little more flexible, in my opinion. You're dealing with a backstory, sure, but we know the important parts. We know the character that they become. Mm-hmm. That we know Han Solo. We know we, we love him. This movie's not going to change that we love Han Solo or Lando or anything like that. But so, but it's still unfortunate that had to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, on the other hand, with them cutting the director for episode nine, Colin Trevorrow. Thank you, Colin <laughs> Uh I have seen some of his work. I am a, I'm actually a very big fan of um, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. Oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> words. Um, uh, yes, I do like those. I forgot he did
0: those. You mean he uh, did Jurassic World?
2: Yeah, I, um, Jurassic World is very is good, mm-hmm. not fantastic. Yeah. I enjoy it more than any of the others, besides the original Jurassic Park. Obviously, yeah. um, it's the they could have, in my opinion, just gone Jurassic Park straight into Jurassic World. That would have been fine. You <laughs> know, you're not losing any. You're not really losing or gaining anything there. <laughs> um, but I'm, I also like uh, uh, what is what's the in, indie movie? I always oh, Aud- um, Audrey Plaza yes. Um, I'm like Ryan Johnson. No, it's not Ryan Johnson. No, it's not Ryan Johnson. You
0: didn't direct that. No, you're no,
2: no, no. That oh, I'm thinking names. Uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking. Uh, but I, I'm trying to name the actor Nick Miller in uh, New Girl. Yeah, he's Ryan something, isn't he? I don't know.
0: <laughs> this is horrible podcasting. <laughs> um... <laughs> I have no idea. You're really stumping me here. I thought you were last name for the movie. Safety Not Guaranteed is the name of the movie.
2: Yes, that's what I was wanting. That's, okay. the, that's what I was wanting initially. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't think of the name. I was thinking, bring your own weapons. Nope, that's just Jake a line in Jake Johnson. And, uh, Jake Johnson. Well, I have the right the last name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Ryan Johnson's directing Last Jedi, right? Yes. Okay, so I like that. I like him. Anyway, but I, I like Safety Not Guaranteed, but that's an indie film. And it's not, I don't know, that wouldn't, that same direction that he took in that movie wouldn't translate well to a Star Wars film. And I'm not saying all films are going to have the same direction, uh, obviously. But both of them are, his one big blockbuster that I have seen, Trevorrow's, was mediocre. And we don't want mediocre for the end of A trilogy, Mm -hmm. the end of the trilogy has to really have a a bang. The best of the prequel trilogy is Revenge of the Sith. Out of that bad trilogy, Revenge of the Sith stands out of having some of the cheesiest dialogue, but also being the best out of those movies Mm -hmm. to me. Also, Return of the Jedi, the last movie in the original trilogy, stands out to me as it is my favorite. I am in the minority there by well not really by far but usually you either love empire or return mm-hmm. and return it stands out to me that's the redemption the wrapping up of the storyline and you can't risk having something mediocre at the end of this new trilogy that's already taken some a lot of heavy critique with the first installment unfairly yes i i'm a huge defender of the force awakens like it's Anyway, that's, that's an argument I think that we've yeah. had. Yes. Well, not between us. We're on the same page. <laughs> but anyway, we, that we've had with the general public. <laughs> yes. I've had that with many of friends. Yeah. I, I've had that as well.
0: Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think that if you're looking at when, okay. If we're taking this as just like, let's look at Colin Trevorrow as a director. Was he the right fit? I was never a fan of this choice. Um and that was before I saw Safety Not Guaranteed, and even after I saw Safety Not Guaranteed. Because the the thing is, and before and after I saw Book of Henry. The the, the thing is, even if you look at just those two movies, take a Book of Henry out of it, because that's the newest one. That's information that we just received like a couple months ago, right? You look at his filmography, it's there's Safety Not Guaranteed and uh in jurassic world those, those are the two yeah now i'm blanking on it Thanks, we're having Jesse.
1: trouble today <laughs> it's um, it's
0: early still guys yeah so those are our two options right or i mean i'm sure he's directed a few other things here and there but those are the two that most people look at other than now book of henry and you look at those and the one that's telling for what we would most likely get with Star Wars is Jurassic World because it's the big budget, it's the one that uses all these different things. He had a lot to work with there. He has the bigger stars in there. It's it that's the one that's the template. This is what we would most likely get. Or something like this. And that's not enough. I'm I'm sorry, Jurassic World is fine. It's okay. It's not it's just there's nothing there's there's a lot. It's very surface level. That's what I want to say. It's very surface level. There's not much depth to it, and we need some depth in these in these movies, especially following a Ryan Johnson directed and written movie. I mean, uh, uh,
2: sorry to butt in, but Jurassic World relies so much on nostalgia, on looking back on what ju- what Jurassic Park originally was, and. You know, that's okay to an extent because that's what you're that that's part of why you're going to see that film. You remember, oh, Jurassic Park, oh, I was so good when I was a kid. It's time, let's go see Jurassic World and get that same feeling all over again. Mm-hmm. But he relied on it too much to the point where that was what was the reason we were supposed to care about anything in yeah. this movie. And we didn't, I didn't really care about any of the characters, minus Chris Pratt. Uh, and mainly because he was just Chris Pratt. <laughs> uh, and that's not what we need in a big budget film, especially star Wars. People are, are have made that argument about the force awakens yeah, already exactly. that the whole, that, Oh, well, it's just a new hope all over again. Well, that was just Jurassic park all over again. <laughs> it just, instead of happening before the park opened up, it was after the park had been open for a few years. Yeah. So what, what, why would we want that for the final installment to the latest Star Wars trilogy? No, we mm-hmm. need something deep, something that's going to actually wrap up and grab our attention and grab us by the feels, as the Internet would yeah. say.
0: Uh, that That's a great point. And I'm not even going to delve too much into Book of Henry. Look, it's not a good movie. It's not... Directed the best, so I mean that was kind of, to me. That was kind of what pushed it over the edge, and what probably pushed Lucasfilm were like, all right, this is already not the most popular choice among fans, and now this is going to get even worse. Especially, we don't. I think that they didn't want the same thing that happened with Han Solo to happen with this movie, where they get three, four months into production, and then they're like, this isn't working. So they basically just wanted to start fresh. And I understand that. Uh, So we basically, we've established that this is never the right pick. And it's not a bad thing that they cut ties with him. I I don't think it's, I I honestly think it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously. Depending on who
0: they get, obviously, but.
2: Yeah, obviously they have a direction they're wanting to go for this story already. They probably, they have the story written, basically. The outline. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they don't have the finer details, but they know where they're going with it. And that's about all they have. And that's good that they're making these big decisions, these controversial decisions, this early on rather than late. Because they still have so much time Mm -hmm. to decide exactly where they want to go. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's start talking about who we think will replace him. There seems to be two different popular names being thrown out there. Well... I will say there is one clear front runner. And it's Ryan Johnson. Most people are saying, let Ryan Johnson direct the, the third one, because, you know, he knows where the story's going. He's written the second one. It looks like it's gonna be really great. And I, I get that. That's fine. I I'm not obviously look, I'm a Looper is one of my favorite sci-fi movies, if not my favorite sci-fi movie of all time. Then Brick is an extremely underrated movie that more people needs to watch. I'm really looking forward to the Last Jedi because of Ryan Johnson, but I think we need to slow it down a little bit, and that's why I kind of think they're going to wait until they see if they do want to go with Ryan Johnson. I think they're going to wait until they see what happens with the Last Jedi to before they announce that if that's the decision they're going to make. Because and I'm I get that I completely agree with that because even if they are thinking Ryan Johnson, you you don't know. I mean, we are confident in this movie, yes, because the trailers are awesome, everything the cast has been saying, all that stuff. But we still haven't seen the movie yet. So how about we see the movie yet before we kiss Ryan Johnson into this position?
2: I I definitely agree with that. Uh, I. I want to see how Ryan Johnson really does. Like mm-hmm. we, we're all super excited. I can't wait for the Last Jedi, and I, I have so such high expectations, probably unhealthy. <laughs> but uh, I agree. I want to see where this goes before they really make the call on this. Yeah. Uh, now I think the other front runner that is coming. I don't. I don't know for sure because mm-hmm. I, I try to stay out of this corner of the internet because. I like Star Wars too much to really get into a lot of the rumors mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and have my heart broken. It's, yeah. all, it's happened before. J.J. Um, uh, J. J. Abrams, mm-hmm. I think, is the other the other big pick, right? He's
0: a name who's been thrown out there, but I think he's pretty, qu- in most circles, he's pretty quickly just dismissed. And I think that's unfair. Uh, people forget. It's so easy to forget now because Ryan Johnson is such a popular name in this community, right? it's so easy to forget that people were pretty sure that he was going to come back after episode eight. Like, that was a very strong and healthy theory after episode seven came out was that he was just taking a break because I believe he even had a comment that kind of caused a little bit of speculation where he said, or I think maybe Kathleen Kennedy said it, who, if you don't know, runs Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy said something about, like, uh, after Ryan or after JJ takes a break with Episode Eight or something like that, and that kind of caused a lot of speculation. Now, then they hired Colin Trevorrow, so that kind of put those rumors to rest. But and now people have forgotten about it. And JJ Abram is the new, or er, and Ryan Johnson is the new Golden Child. I I wouldn't look. I'm not. I think if you had to put money on it now, I'd say Ryan Johnson is the front runner. But I. J.J. Abrams isn't far behind him, in my opinion. I I think that that is a very, very strong possibility. And and I wouldn't be against it because I love... I know there are a lot of people who would go, oh, no. And I think that there would be some backlash, and that's probably what puts Ryan Johnson ahead a little bit in this race. But I I think it's a strong possibility. I honestly do.
2: And, um, I mean, just looking at it in a logical perspective to me... You can critique the Force Awakens all you want, but you still care about these characters and the story that's going on. Ultimately, if mm-hmm. you, I mean, every nobody that I've seen, even those who didn't like the movie, still like most of the characters: Poe, Ray, Kylo, all of them. They. It's not a perfect movie by by good, any means. Good
0: choice, leaving off Finn.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't care about Finn, really. Maybe, hopefully Ryan. And we John- have a very unpopular opinion on that. Finn. Hopefully, Ryan Johnson will change my mind. But uh, yeah, me, me and Carlos both we we don't like Finn. Uh, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm part of Screenfellas. Um, totally. but anyway, anyway, uh, but who better to bring in to close out this series with these characters we love than the person that. Helped make us love these characters in the first place. Yeah, I mean he he had a vision when he made the movie of kind of where it was going. Now not the ultimate vision that Lucasfilms has, but obviously to be able to make a, a people care about characters, you need to have an idea of where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Since he started us off with these, why not have him finish it mm-hmm. as well?
0: All right, last question before we kind of wrap things up. Any outside like just picks that aren't in already enraptured in the Star Wars universe any
2: picks for a director there that you can think of um n- no no not, not, not off the top of my head yeah. I mean I didn't I don't really have much time if I thought about it for a while mm-hmm. I could probably come up with something but I mean and like I said I don't know like directors like you do so. yeah
0: I I mean there's a lot of talented directors out there. There, there are a couple um, that I mean, just off the top of my head. I, I really, this is something I just kind of, I, I haven't thought too much about this because I am honestly, I'm pretty sure it's either going to be Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams. Most likely, Ryan Johnson. Now, who it could be? Uh, I, it could. I mean, look, this might be me dreaming, but I do think that there is some possibility—a very, very small chance but this again could be me just wishing but Spielberg Spielberg has long been a friend of this property it's yeah. possible it's now is it likely absolutely not <laughs> it is not likely at all but it is it's possible um and th- this is a this is a little bit of a spicy one Patty Jenkins I she directed Wonder Woman Okay. They, DC has, as far as we know, DC has yet to sign her on for Wonder Woman 2.
2: Well, back, backlash coming here. I, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman. Ooh, Jesse. I can't, I, I, I haven't, I just haven't had a chance lately. I'm still waiting on movie pa- my movie <laughs> pass to come in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, but every, everybody tells me that it's great. Even my sister, who doesn't like movies generally, uh, tells me that it's great. So, yeah.
0: it, uh, I mean, it is. And I, I, when we reviewed the movie on the podcast, I said Patty Jenkins is the star of this movie as the director. She, she is the reason this movie is so good. So that's, I mean, it's, again, that could be me just saying, you know, please, please, please. But it's, I think it's possible. I mean, she's still not, again, she is still not officially signed on for Wonder Woman 2. Now I'd be shocked if she doesn't end up signed on for Wonder Woman 2. But maybe Disney's able to scoop her away. It's possible. If they dump enough money in front of her, it's possible. So I wouldn't be against that either. And there's tons of other great directors out there as well. Now, there are some that people have been floating around that I think are just absolutely insane. That I mean, I somebody said Matthew Vaughn, who I was like, no, <laughs> please, no. Uh, I don't think his style blends with Star Wars at all. That's... Kickass, um, Kingsman, if you don't know who Matthew Vaughn yeah, is. No, no. no. And obviously, X Men First Class, that's the one people would say, oh, well, maybe he can do it. Even I still, still don't no. know. The The majority of the evidence points to him not being able to play in the Lucasfilm Toolbox and Sandbox. So
2: I, I think that in an upcoming episode, right, like when we start to get a little farther into them uh, figuring out who they want to uh, fill this role. Mm hmm. Uh, we should we should have a discussion of who are the worst picks for this row. Um, for this, that would that would be a fun yeah. little game.
0: There's there's a lot of interesting my, choices right there.
2: My my top pick for that, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Random pick from Jesse there. All right, uh, Jesse, we're going to close this out.
2: So where can people find you on social media? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Colonel Swink. Uh, You can also recommend to me uh, different Star Wars topics that you want to be uh, covered on our YouTube channel um, by emailing me at jesse.swink at screenfellows.com. All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cherry four five six, and make sure you follow
0: us all over in, uh, all over social media. Excuse me, all at Screenfellows Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we're gonna have great content up there as well. Yes, and also the website. Brandon does some great stuff there. We have a written review for it, which you just heard the audio review. Now go read the written review. Get some different perspectives. It's if, great stuff.
2: If you want, if you don't agree with our perspective on the recorded podcast on any review typically brianna has a different spin on the on the on the website i have noticed (laughs) many times yes so check out both because we try not to be too one-sided
0: yes so definitely check that out and of course you can find the podcast everywhere it's on soundcloud google play music um iTunes, Stitcher, basically anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can most likely find the Screen Fellows podcast. So go and check that out. And of course, please share the podcast. That's probably the most important thing. You know, it's great that you listen. It's great that you download, but get other people too, because that's the most important thing. And of course, rate and review on iTunes, because that helps us out a lot. If we can get into like a top list on iTunes more people will listen. Come on, guys, do it. All right. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode. This is Screen